Carol, thank you so much for reading for us so beautifully, as you always do. So we come this morning to the third sermon in our mini-series in the book of Ruth. And so far in our study of Ruth, we have divided chapter 1 into two sections. However, this morning we're going to look in chapter 2 uh, and at its entirety in one go. So we have a, a chunk of scripture really in front of us to consider. And my topic this morning is taking refuge in the Lord. And the question that really underlines this topic is, where do we turn for refuge in our lives? Or where do we go for safety in our lives? And for Osama bin Laden, we are told that when he could no longer find safety anywhere else in the world, we are told that he went and hide himself in a four-meter thick walls compound. That's where he find his final rescue, which we know was not rescue at all. And for some of us, in order for us to escape the everyday stress of life, we turn to our work, or we turn to books, or at times we turn to friends and relatives, or someone we trust. That's where we go for safety and refuge. But chapter 2 of the book of Ruth is all about taking refuge in the Lord. We are told that he alone guarantees our protection. He alone is the source of kindness. The book of Ruth tells us that true and meaningful safety can only be found in the Lord's arms. He alone provides fulfillment and satisfaction. And of course, that fits very well with the theme of the book of Ruth, the entire book of Ruth, those, those, that emphasis of finding refuge in the Lord fits very well with the theme of the letter. You see, because the theme of the book of Ruth is to see that God is working out his purposes, often in ways we don't see or often in ways we might not understand. Chapter 1, where we've been in the past two weeks, we see God working out his purposes through the pain of life. As we see Ruth and Naomi leaving their land, we see them going through pain after pain. But even there, God is working out his purposes through the pain of life. But here in chapter 2, which is our focus this morning, we see God working out his purposes through the blessing of life. Now, knowing that God is at work both in good times and in bad will help us and enable us to put our trust in him, to turn to him, to run to him for safety as our refuge. Again, in chapter 1, the pain and suffering of bereavement. We see Ruth going through that, but at the same time while he's going through this pain and suffering of bereavement, we also see Ruth growing in her love and trust for the Lord. And where do we pick this up? We find it in the words, in her moving declaration, recorded in verses 16 of chapter 1, where Ruth says to Naomi, Do not urge me to leave you 
or to turn from following you. For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Now, as we join chapter 2, we can see that Ruth has been true to her words. She has very much accompanied Naomi back to Bethlehem. And the news of what she has done to Naomi have created seems to have created quite a stir. And as we now come to chapter 2, we see a wealthy relative is now entering the scene. And suddenly he has heard the news of what Ruth has done for Naomi. Let's look again in verses 11 of chapter 2. Boaz answered her, all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. How you left your father and mother and your native land and came to people, to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done. A full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. So now we find Ruth settled in God's land. She has left the comforts of home, the comforts of relatives, and she has headed for the unknown. She has chosen to put all of her life, all of her hopes and future, she has chosen to put it all with the God of Naomi, Yahweh, the God of the Bible. And that's really the first point that we are going to consider this morning. And that is to say the Lord is a God in whom we must put, we must take refuge. That's the point um, we, we learn from Boaz's response. Look with me again in verses 12. The Lord repay you for what you have done. A full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Now, that metaphor of wings provides us with a beautiful picture, a wonderful image, the image of an eagle gathering and protecting its young. And the Lord is likened to it. And this is the Lord under whom Ruth has come to take refuge. Apparently the eagle pays a very close attention to its young. It circles around them and over them their nest as they grow up. And when the time for them to move on has come for them to learn to fly. The eagle gathers them up and even carries them over its wing and teach them how to fly. This is indeed a wonderful picture, a picture of God paying attention to those who put their trust in him. That same image takes us back to the book of Exodus, as there we witness God rescues 
and gathers up his people from this land of bondage to the promised land. And now in the, through the story of Ruth, we can still see this metaphor and this image of God working out as God picks up Ruth from this land, foreign land, and bringing her to the land of the people of God and bringing her safely. And God did this through the events of Ruth's life. And Ruth chose God as her refuge. And as she does this, God's purposes are achieved. So right from the beginning, we can learn that God honors all those who take refuge in him. He brings them safely in the end. And that's what Boaz is saying here. We all know that as we is saying there in verses 12 when he says, The Lord repay you for what you have done. The Lord honors you, in other words. That's what um, Boaz is saying to Ruth. For what you have done for your mother-in-law. The Lord Boaz is asking the Lord to bless Ruth. He's making the point that may the God under whose wings you have come under, may he not disappoint you, but instead may he restore you and make you whole and complete as you come under this Lord and you come under his wings. So the Lord's people, you and I today, we are heading for this wonderful reward. At this time in our lives, we may not feel that's where we're at. We, are not, we may not feel that we are under the Lord's wing, but that's where we are heading. We are heading for this wonderful wholeness which God has promises here. Now, this is not a blind optimism. As we come to the end of the book of Ruth, we know that it ends with this powerful genealogy. And we know that this genealogy is pointing to David, the King David, who is this clearest and big signpost to Jesus. And Jesus, as he comes to the cross and die for us on the cross, again there we are told that we will be made complete in the end. We will be made whole in the end. So his death on the cross guarantees that all God's people will be made whole in the end. So this is not a blind optimism. It is rather certain and it is guaranteed. His death washes away our sin. And that means we can stand whole, complete, in confidence before the Lord. That in the end, we will receive the crown of righteousness. Now, this is the theme that runs throughout the entire letter of Ruth, the, the entire book of Ruth. It gives us this picture of completeness, this picture of wholeness, and it begins to be brought about in the life of Ruth. Now, for those of us who know our scripture well, we'll know that as Christian, we are constantly caught up 
in this tension of the now and the not yet fulfilled. The fullness that we have received when we came to Christ, on the one hand, it is now, it is present, it is alive in us. We only need to look back on the cross where we see his death on the cross gives us this absolute assurance that we stand perfect, complete, and we lack nothing in his hands. Yet at the same time, we only need to look in our own lives to be a little bit discouraged as we realize that God has not fully finished that work. There is still a huge amount of work needs to be done. And that is certain in my case, and I'm sure it is certain in your own life's case as well. As you look in your own life, you celebrate that which God has achieved on the cross, but at the same time, you are fully aware that God still needs to do a lot of work in me. So the application of this teaching of chapter 2 of the book of Ruth is that we all need to come to the Lord and take refuge in him. He is a good Lord and he will bring you and I in the end to completeness, to fullness and wholeness, where we will, full, where we will receive the full reward, which at the st- in, the, in the moment is not complete in full. Now, Ruth has been through it all. She has faced death and darkness. But here in chapter 2, we see a bit of a foil in the light of chapter 1. We begin to see some of the blessings that this refuge brings. And the, the narrative, if you follow the narrative of this book of Ruth, moves from hopelessness to hope. It moves from death to life, and it moves from longing to satisfaction. And as we follow this narrative, we meet a God. We meet this God through through this whole book of Ruth. We come face to face to a God who is at work, a God who is working out his purposes. That's what we come across with as we go through this book. And the person particularly who is the key feature in chapter 2, through whom God is working out his purposes, is Boaz. Somehow Boaz introduces us to very to two very important nature or characters, characteristics of God. In verses 1, we are told that he was a worthy man, a well-to-do man. That means he was a man of wealth, a man of means, a man who get things done. And his name literally means strength is in him. Therefore, it's not surprising that later, in years later, when Solomon was building the temple, he decided to name one of the main two supporting pillars after his great-great-grandfather, Boaz. The name of the pillar that holds up the temple was Boaz. And that's 
That's an amazing tribute to this man later in the years when he's no longer there. But because of what he stood for and who he is, his great-great-great-grandson decided to remember who he was by naming one of the two supporting pillars in the temple. However, the question for us this morning is, how far should we take this character of Boaz? Does Boaz in this story stand for God? Of course, we cannot go that far. But certainly Boaz is here as an amazing symbol. And I want to suggest that this morning it's better to think of Boaz as God's agent for good. Boaz assures Ruth of God's blessings. And Boaz does, exact, the Lord does exactly what Boaz promised, that the Lord will repay you. But unknown to Boaz that God is going to do this blessing and this repaying of Ruth through him, through Boaz. So Boaz is God's agent for good in the life of, of, of Ruth. So that brings us to the first of the characteristics which we see in, in Boaz about God, the protection of God. God protects his children. He protects his, those who put their trust in him. Ruth in this chapter is presented as this young and vulnerable widow. And four times in these verses, we are told that Ruth was not an Israelite, but a foreigner from Moab. And therefore, if there is any reason for us to be concerned, it is this one. What is it going to happen to this young and vulnerable widow? Is she okay? Is she safe? And yet, and also we are told as we read the book of Ruth that the story of Ruth takes place in the days when judges ruled. These were dangerous and harmful times because we are told that everyone did what was right in their own eyes. So these were times of uncertainty, times of danger. And yet as we read these opening verses, we can see that Ruth is kept wonderfully safe. Verses 3. He set out and went and gleaned in the fleet in the field after the, reaper, the, the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was the clan of Elimelech. She happened to come to the field belonging to Boaz. As if it's a matter of chance that Ruth came to this place. But if we follow the story before, we know very well that God is behind the scenes. He, Ruth, the fact that Ruth comes to this field belonging to Boaz is not a matter of chance. But we know that God is at work behind the scenes. So God protects his people. And we see that in the life of Ruth, as Ruth comes and guided by God to now come to this man who is the agent of God for good. 
I don't know for you, what examples have you got of the protection of God? How and where God has protected you? But if we know very well that we are not in control of every single step that we take, we will know that God is the one who orders our steps and is the one who keeps us and protect us. So God protect his people. That's the first thing we learn through the person of Ruth. The second one is that God is kind to his people. Again, we see this one in verses 20. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Now that word kindness in its in the original language speaks of God's covenantal love, his faithful commitment to his people. God is reliable. And that's what Naomi is saying to Ruth, that may God not forsake you, not only you, but the living and the dead. And Naomi is saying here, God is the example of kindness which continues even to the dead relatives of the family. There is an opportunity through this that the family line will continue. But here we see the kindness of God demonstrated through Boaz's generosity to Ruth. Look with me again in verses 13. I have found favor, this is Ruth's words, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not your servant. In mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she did. So she sat beside the, reaper, the reapers and passed her, roast, her roasted grain. And she ate until she was satisfied, and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young man, saying, Let her glean, even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. And also pull out some from the bundles for her and leave it on her, and leave it for her to glean. So Ruth ate and drank her fill. And she still had enough to take back to Naomi as Ruth gleans among the reapers. All that was required by the law was that she would be allowed to glean. But Boaz went an extra mile, instructed the young man to pull out extras for her from the bundles and drop them on her path so that she can pick it up. What a kindness! What a picture of generosity and kindness. So Boaz is in, truly indeed God's agent for, for generosity and kindness. He is generous beyond what is necessary. So here we come to these two pictures, that, to these two characteristics of God. The protection of God as we see it or demonstrated it by Boaz to Naomi and the kindness to, to Ruth and the kindness of God as demonstrated by Boaz to Ruth.
And both of them, they assure us that if we take refuge in the Lord, the Lord will honor us. That in the end, in spite of what we're going through here and now, God is the one that we are to turn to, is the one that we are to run back to and take refuge to him. That everything good that we have comes from him, for he is kind and generous. And let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the story of Ruth. We thank you that through it, you constantly demonstrate to us your kindness and your faithfulness. Help us, Lord, to take refuge in you, to put our trust in you as we face different pressures and challenges in this world. For your name's sake we pray. Amen.